Our first reading for today is from the 23rd chapter of Numbers. And God met Balaam, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. And he returned to him. And behold, he and all the princes of Moab were standing beside his burnt offering. And Balaam took up his discourse and said, From Aram, Balak has brought me, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce Israel? Whom the Lord has not denounced. For from the top of the crags I see him. From the hills I behold him. Behold a people dwelling alone. And not counting itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob. Or number the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the upright. And let my end be like his. And Balak said to Balaam. What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, you have done nothing but bless them. He answered and said, Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And Balak said to him, Please, come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only a fraction of them and shall not see them all. Then curse them for me from there. And he took him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stand here beside your burnt offering, while I meet the Lord over there. And the Lord met Balaam, and put a word in his mouth, and said, Return to Balak, and thus shall you speak. And he came to him. And behold, he was standing beside his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, what has the Lord spoken? And Balaam took up his discourse and said, rise, Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt, and is for them like the horns of the wild ox. For there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, What has God wrought? Behold a people, as a lioness rises up, and as a lion it lifts itself. It does not lie down until it has devoured the prey and drunk the blood of the slain. Balak said to Balaam, Do not curse them at all, and do not bless them at all. But Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell you, 
all that the Lord says, that I must do. And Balak said to Balaam, come now, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 22nd chapter of Luke. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, And looking closely at him said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him. For he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council. And they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We've heard it ourselves from his own lips. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
we continue our recitation of the small catechism with our section on confession. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution. That is forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself. Not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our section today of our catechism is one of my favorites because it's dealing with the Word of God. And when it comes to the Word of God, God always does what He says He's going to do. It's really that simple. If God says it, He means it. It's going to happen. Every word he makes is a promise to you. And we see this lived out not only in the scriptures, but also in our catechism, also in our liturgy. So when we talk about confession, we we identify confession having two parts. First, we confess our sins. That makes sense. The second part is this, that we receive absolution, forgiveness. From the pastor, from God himself, and this is the part I love, not doubting but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. And why? Very simply, God's word says it. All four of the gospels talk about confession and absolution. All four of them say the same thing, that when our sins are forgiven here on earth, they are forgiven in heaven as well. At the same time, that can be incredibly freeing for us and liberating for us. And we should always remember this. The word of God does what it says it's going to do. It always will. We saw that today in our Old Testament reading with Balaam and Balak. These, uh, they're, they're interesting characters, actually. Balaam was a prophet of God, although he wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. Nothing. Called out to become a prophet. He was, before that, a total pagan. Not a Jew. It's very uh, unique in the Old Testament to find a prophet who's not a Jew. But Balaam is one of them. And you run across King Balak, who is fighting the Israelites. He wants to wipe them out. He is an enemy of the Israelites. And he gets Balaam, and he basically tells Balaam, go and talk to God and bring me back a word from God. A word that says the Israelites will be cursed. That they will be defeated. That they will be miserable. That they will have every disease in the world heaped on their shoulders. That's what I want, Balaam. So Balaam the prophet went and listened to the Lord. And always came back speaking blessings to the people of Israel. No curses. And why? Because that was the word of God that God gave to Balaam. Blessings, not curses. And the word of God does what it says it's going to do. 
And Balaam couldn't change that. If he did, he would be a false prophet. But instead, he stuck with God's word. This is what the whole passage sums up in this one sentence. And Balak, who was the king, Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies. And behold, you have done nothing but bless them. And that's because that was the word of God that Balaam was given. If God had said something differently, if God had said, yes, Balaam, I am going to curse the Israelites. I am going to discipline them. And there were plenty of times God disciplined them, right? In the Old Testament, plenty of times. This was not one of them. So Balaam could only speak the word of God that God gave him and to speak it faithfully. And God's word is always going to do what it says it's going to do. We also saw this fulfilled in our gospel reading. We know this passage when Jesus is arrested and when he's uh, being before Pontius Pilate and the chief priests. And we know that Peter three times denies Jesus. And Jesus had spoken a word of God to Peter saying that he would deny him three times, right? And that came true. And this is what happened after Peter recognized it. I mean, it's kind of chilling when you think about it. He did it, denied Jesus three times. And in that moment, he made eye contact with Jesus. And you know, they were in the same area. He just turned and Jesus turned and looked at him. And it said this. And immediately while he was still speaking, denying Jesus, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And then Peter went out and wept bitterly. God's word always comes true to us. Sometimes it takes time for those promises to be fulfilled, but they will be fulfilled. Even when, right now in the adult Bible study, we're studying Genesis and we're on Abraham right now. And the promise that Abraham and Sarah would have Isaac. Well, even though God made that promise, gave that word to Abraham, it took 25 years before it actually happened. It didn't happen overnight. But still, that doesn't matter. God's word is going to happen. If God has said he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He might do it the next day, or in like Abraham's case, he might take 25 years. But it's still going to come true. And that's, again, what's so wonderful about what we read today in our confession and absolution. When you confess your sins, when you receive forgiveness, you really are forgiven. This is not something that we as a church made up or invented. God said you are forgiven. That should be a wonderful comfort to all of us. And as we come up and have the Lord's Supper, every time, think about the words when you receive Christ's body, take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for you 
for the forgiveness of all of your sins. In that Lord's Supper, we're literally holding incarnate forgiveness. It's in our hand. It touches our lips. There are so many different ways that God is constantly reassuring you of his word, of his promises to you, that they will come true. Whether that is the word that we hear in baptism or the Lord's Supper or confession or all the promises in the scriptures. God is constantly talking to you, constantly making promises to you. And in our lives, there are times when we can see it fulfilled. We see it fulfilled right now. But one day, we will see God's final word fulfilled when he returns. That great promise from Jesus himself that he would come again and take all of us to be with him in heaven. Until that wonderful day comes, I hope all of you continue to trust in God's word. And always remember, if God has said he's going to do something in his word to you, he is going to do it. That's his promise. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.